Guten Tag, Dope Village. Been working on my languages, Lynn. That means, <laughs> hi there, in German, Dope Village. Hi, I'm Julie Foudy, alongside Lynn Olzawi. Bonjour, Jules. <laughs> we are bringing you another special episode of Laughter Permitted, and we're calling this one Just for Laughs. And actually, the jumping off point for this episode was our conversation with the one and only Dr. Colleen Hacker in our podcast, our recent podcast, in which she said, quite wisely, laughter is the antidote to stress. And so since Lynn and I are professional laughers, we figured we could use that expertise to help you all out. Dr. Hacker also said that we should keep up with our friends during this time and to even pick up the phone, actually pick up the phone and call someone. So that's what we're doing. We called up a couple of our pals and we asked for something specific. We asked for one thing and that was a funny story. Be funny, we said. We told them it could be about sports, about life, whatever. It just had to make me snort out loud. That is the prerequisite. And let me tell you, these gals did not disappoint. So our lineup of laughs includes, in this first episode, ESPN baseball and softball analyst Jessica Mendoza and UCLA softball coaching legend, new to the pod, Sue Inquist, who also won 11 NCAA titles in her coaching and playing career. And Lynn is editing, because I certainly am not editing, Lynn is editing U.S. Women's National Team duo, World Cup champions, Lindsay Horan and Emily Sonnet, who have been one of our most requested pairs with our Dope Village. So yes, we got them as well. Do you want to add anything, Lynn? No, I do not. Okay, good. So, get comfortable listening. It's Jessica and Sue. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling all right, get comfortable. Hi, Jess. Hi. Hey, Jess. Jess, will you set the scene for us, my friend? So I'm up here in our new home in Oregon, and the timing couldn't be more perfect as far as a place to isolate. We've got some acres and some deer and a pond, and um, you might hear two boys in the background because they're (laughs) kind of running from room to room, um, trying to stay sane. We haven't started school yet. We start Wednesday. So, um, they're still just literally, they broke six eggs this morning wrestling in the kitchen. So that was fun. <laughs> um, and yeah, but I've been just trying to enjoy the outdoors as much as possible. Um, the boys slept in a, a tent. We found this tent that you can be like 10 feet off the ground and tie it to like three trees oh, wow. and they can like float in the air. What? In a tent. Yeah, so I think that's where I'm going to be living for the next two weeks. It's like the perfect quarantine, right? How many does it sleep? Can I come up? Um, I think it's like optional, whatever you want. Depends on like the space that you need or not. And it's like a trampoline on the bottom. So it's like you can just bounce and bounce or sleep or whatever. But 
Oh, that it's is awesome. Cool. I'll send you a picture. Okay. Please do. Um, so we're asking everyone to share their favorite funny story. And Jess, as you can imagine, you were top of our list. We're like, oh, we know Jess not only has one story we've already heard. <laughs> she has an arsenal of stories. So what did you, what did you come up with? I'm very excited to find out. Well, I had to categorize the appropriateness level of the stories I'm allowed to tell. All appropriate. All appropriate. We so always have, have the E next record. to us anyways. You have that on record that I can share anything and it's anything's appropriate. Yep. Um, well, what I have for you today, because I think we could just do this weekly. <laughs> it's, I'm going to take you back to 2004 Olympics, Ooh. which Julie mm-hmm. was also a part of, although mm-hmm. I wish we're we were in Greece. closer friends then, so I could have mm-hmm. like gotten you in on this part of the story back then. <laughs> and um, so setting the scene there, 2004 Olympic Village, um, every country has their own like apartments, basically. Wait, tell them where we are. Up. We're in Athens, Greece. Athens, Greece. Did I not say that? Sorry. 2004, Athens, Greece, um, mm-hmm. Olympic Village, Olympics. And it was my first Olympic Games. And so I'm just, I'm 23 years old and I'm just like so excited and just like giddy. And to be honest, my favorite part, um, obviously, besides the competing and winning gold, is was the um, the village and just socializing and meeting athletes from all over the world. Um, 10,000 10, athletes that are there in the village, more athletes represented in the United Nations. So Um, just giddy 23 year old. And I had my little room and it had a little balcony. And, um, one night I was out there on the balcony. I think I was like journaling or writing some stuff. And, uh, I look out and across the way is, um, you know, like a couple of the other athletes, U S athletes within our thing. And there was a guy over there that didn't know at the time that at nighttime when you have the lights on (laughs) and there's no like blinds, which in the village there were no like close anything. It was just all like open windows that at nighttime, like you're basically like a spotlight (laughs) for anyone to look up and watch. And this particular athlete, um, well, I would say like 99% of the athletes that were there in the village was incredibly beautiful, <laughs> totally ripped. Turned out he's a canoe kayaker. Okay. So if you can imagine the bill, right, that you have from that sport. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there minding my own business on the balcony and I look across and he's completely nude. I don't know if he had come out of the shower. I don't know if he just walked around his room naked, but I was just like, wait, hold up. What? So I'm just like blatantly staring. Like this has now gotten the attention of someone that has been only around her teammates for a full year and boom, like angels are singing, right? The the clouds open up and this beautiful man, (laughs) rays of sunshine, even though it was night or coming down, I'm just like floating five feet off the air, into the air. And so I'm just like staring. I don't know how long. I'm just like full attention. This is amazing. And all of a sudden he kind of looks and I think realizes, wait, like there's this whole world out there. And there's someone staring at me. <laughs> Who's the woman so creeping on the balcony? <laughs> totally. I think, you know, I'm sure he covered himself uh. up. And I drop down, like completely <laughs> drop. Like, and by the way, it's like a railing. So me dropping down, it's not like I'm hiding. 
I just go from like blatantly like, oh my God, this is amazing to being like flat on the ground. Like if I'm just lying on the ground on my balcony and I don't move, this will never have realized there was a human watching him be naked. <laughs> so I'm just lying there and I kind of look up and he is just staring, like glaring, like trying to figure out like who the heck was just watching me and why is she like on convulsions on the ground right now? Like what is happening? And so I just laid there and um, I actually, I don't really remember if he ended up just finally going back in and like turning off the light and just being like, okay, like creepy, sketchy, you know, like person totally watching me. I, you know, I, I don't remember how it ended, but about like a week later, um, I somehow got introduced to him. Um, oh, what? I don't know if we were, yes. I don't think I told you this part of the story. I was telling this um, to my husband last night and he was just like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is better. <laughs> and I don't know if it was like at, at the USA house fouds or like it was at um, uh, the dining hall. I don't remember the place, but I just remember I was meeting other athletes and they're like, oh yeah, have you met um, this canoe kayaker, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I thought for sure he was going to be like, you, it's you. But he had no idea. Because I was so sly, right? Like, because I was flying flat like this. So he couldn't see who I was, right? <laughs> so he, I recognized him, even though he had clothes uh, on. Um, uh, and I was, I was literally, like, trembling, though. Because I was like, oh, my God, he's going to, like, call the police. <laughs> like, uh, but, yeah, that was um, he. So he definitely, life. you don't think he recognized you. He didn't say, no, so no. you're the one on the balcony. No. And it turned out he was like super shy. Like it was funny. Cause he was just like, Oh, hi. like I could just tell by his personality. Cause I, we were at some events. So we were there for a while. Mm. And so we were like in a group talking and he was very quiet and shy. And then someone made a comment about how shy he was. And I was like, well, he's not when he's getting the room. I mean, I hate <laughs> so I, I, but the whole time I kept thinking at one point, like every time uh. I was talking, he was going to be like, wait, I've seen this face before, but I do have to give myself credit because I fell flat very quickly that all he saw was a lying body and he didn't actually see my face. So for those of you that find yourself in an instant like that, you just lie flat on the ground and lie there for a very long time and everything will be okay. For those of you who are going to be in an Olympic village on the balcony (laughs) and some beautiful God undresses in front of you, if you find yourself in that situation... Hit the floor. Well, uh, it's also note to self that, like, see, here I'm in front of a window, right? There's no blinds. That if it were nighttime right. and I were naked, that anyone over there could see me. So I think for people to understand that if you're in a lit area and <laughs> there is a window, I, I always thought it was, like, kind of like everyone would know. I'm yeah. actually grateful that this man did not know that for at least a good 30 <laughs> minutes of his life. <laughs> do, of do we know years. what country he is from? He was a U.S. athlete. Oh, he was a U.S. athlete? Oh, he for sure is going to hear this and find you. (laughs) All this time I thought he was a different country. (laughs) All this time I thought he was like French or Eastern European. Brazilian. Yeah. No. No. I I think a part of me had in my mind that he was Brazilian because I always felt like the athletes from Brazil were the most beautiful and that was the country that was next to us. So I think in my head he was Brazilian until I met him and was introduced as a U.S. canoe kayaker. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm putting this out there. I'm calling all canoe kayakers from the 2004 U.S. Olympic team. 
This is a really you reveal yourself. <laughs> I should have made. I should have been smarter about this. <laughs> Too late. He was, a, he was an ice hockey player in the summer games. <laughs> he was, he's definitely Swedish. Swedish. Can I circle back to just that there are gorgeous people everywhere? I vaguely remember Julie, you saying how you and your teammates would just sit in the cafeteria and just watch. Uh-huh. You know, really disappointed that you were married. <laughs> We would just sit there and they'd go by and you'd be like, hi, hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Yeah. We have a, we have a game later. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, and sadly, them, like even around the village, Julie, like they're all like in spandex or like, yeah. like barely wear, I swear, bathing suits. Like you just see people like, with no shirts on all the time, just walking by literally the most Mm -hmm. beautiful people on the planet, all in the same village. Yeah. Too bad. Sadly, soccer was always in remote villages until we were there in the beginning and then there at the end. And at the end, it's like, everyone's done. So it's this big party. party. (laughs) It's crazy, crazy town. And we were always like, sorry, got a game. We got a game. Can you guys be quiet? We got a game. Yeah. No, it turns into a huge party at the end and all these beautiful people. Yeah, we we played all the way through. Like our event was like 11 days. So we were always like you playing throughout. And it was just like, because like I said, Brazil was right next to us. And oh my gosh, they know how to party. And (laughs) I would just watch them from my balcony, my (laughs) wonderful balcony. Just be like, oh longingly wishing (laughs) oh that's so good thank you for sharing that jess yeah you're welcome Um, so one thing we're asking jess is given the crazy times what is something you have a new appreciation for jess mendoza a new appreciation for um (laughs) i I don't gosh that's a good one because i feel like I'm just appreciating the things I probably always have, but never took the time to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm the kind of person that's always trying to like, oh gosh, like let's take a moment, look at this flower. Let's take a moment and look at like, you know, my family's always like, Jess, seriously, like we can't. (laughs) And I just feel like now I have time to appreciate my friends. I think like reaching out more, I think when we get caught in like the hustle and bustle and all the craziness, like. I can't tell you how many people I've, I've wanted to reach out to that have come up because everything's slowed down more mm-hmm. that I've like really started to think about like just what, what's this person I haven't talked to in 10 years up to right now? How mm-hmm. are they handling this? Like what's going on in their world? Um, something I tried for the like first time, like really, really actually did it yesterday. So this might be an appreciation is I meditated for the first time yesterday. Oh, and I've always tried to do it, um, but I can't, like, so you're supposed to, like, do it for 10 minutes, or that was always my goal, and I could never, I know this sounds really embarrassing, but, like, I couldn't get hats, like, minute two. <laughs> like, I would sit there, and I'd be like, my nose itches. <laughs> like, I'm really hungry. <laughs> like, I just, like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know how to sit still. Um, and so I've never gotten past minute two and I got, I don't even know what minute I got to yesterday, but I got past minute two. It was still really hard. The first two. I'm like, Jess, you can do this. You can do this. And it was really awesome. Like it really tapped into like my soul and like, I know it sounds super hippie, but I meditated successfully for the first time yesterday. And I think it's because everything has slowed down enough 
for me to actually sit still for more than 30 seconds. Right. I know. It's so nice to have time to actually, to your point, appreciate all the things you want to do appreciate, (laughs) but you never had the time to. (laughs) I always talked about it like, oh, look at this or, you know, and obviously like family and, you know, you, your kids, like those kind of things, of course. But then there's like the little things, like all this just stuff that I'm like, time's moving slow right now. And for the first time in my life, it's moving slow. We're always saying, right? Like it goes by so fast, like enjoy it while it lasts. And now I'm like, I'm enjoying it and it's lasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's mother nature going, yo, slow your roll, people chill out. <laughs> totally. Yes. And that's what, when I'm like scrolling through and seeing people's photos and what they're doing, I mean, like people we know, right. That are normally just like, here I am in this city. Now I'm in this city and you know, life is crazy and it's fun to watch that. Now I'm seeing them learn how to cook and, Mm -hmm. you know, play a putt or do a puzzle. I guess you don't play a puzzle. I'm still learning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'm like, how, I I really do believe that it's like everybody Mm -hmm. just slow down. And and honestly, for someone like me, it's like, you kind of have to force me, like lock me in, isolate me. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I know how to be still now. Like Mm -hmm. my whole life, I could never sit down for more than two minutes. And now I'm like, Mm. I have to. And I think for a lot of us, it's like, this is uh, something we can now tap into easier, even when things get crazy again. Yeah. And it's so healthy, right? Just to slow it down. Well, the thing that you. you two share in common is how much you travel. Mm-hmm. So this is a time when you both have literally been grounded. You can't, you're not, you're not allowed to be on your crazy travel schedule. What's that? Mm-hmm. Is that factoring in for both of you? Um, it, I mean, I, it, it's weird cause I still get flight notifications for all. I mean, I must've canceled. I don't even know 20 something. Cause I was, you know, opening day for MLB was last Thursday. So I had all these flights to Bristol and New York and Detroit and games everywhere. And just, you know, my next month of flights and, you know, canceled all of them, but I still get the notifications. <laughs> so right. like, we were, to we were be- just talking about like, it was like checking for your flight. And this one just got moved like three days, by the way, it was like canceled. And like three days from now, you can actually take the flight you were supposed to take. And it was a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, that world feels so far away where you're mm-hmm. like checking in for flights or you are getting on a flight and you already have to check mm-hmm. in for the next flight because you have to fly like within 12 hours after you land. And when it's your world, that's what you know. And now that I'm so removed from it, I'm like, I can't imagine getting on a plane right now, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. going to the airport. Like it just feels so, and it was what, like two and a half weeks ago I was on a plane. So it's not like it's been that long, but time has moved slow and life mm-hmm. has been really different. What about you, Julie? I know. It's it's the same. When I get those notifications, I'm like, oh, I forgot. I had a speech in Boston today. And then I was (laughs) supposed to be in D.C. tomorrow recording a podcast. And then, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, that was literally where we were supposed to be today. We were supposed to be in D.C. recording a podcast with one of the special Olympic athletes, Loretta Claiborne. I know. Who we we will get to for sure. But, yeah, it's... It's, it's going to be interesting going back to that. I just hope we carry some of this with us to your point, right? Like that we don't just go back to the madness and forget the value of what we're living right now and seeing the value of that. I mean, I, I get, I get alerts too for sports, right? And 
and its practices and you're, you're juggling all, all afternoon totally. and evening running kids to practices. You know, Declan was playing four sports <laughs> this spring. Why? Yeah. Because he's like, no mom, I can do it. I swear I can do it. I promise. And we're like, no, this is a terrible idea. And he's like, yeah. I just want to drive. <laughs> yeah. We're driving you. <laughs> so I was just saying, you know, yesterday to Ian, like one, I don't know how we would have managed that. And two, like, it's so nice just having that time and realizing, okay, we go, we do way too much. So I hope that is a perspective we take forward when this all goes back to normal for sure. Well, let's tap in and remind each other. I think it'd yeah. be good to like, just kind of, because I know I can go there easily because that's what I've done my whole life. Yeah. Um, but to literally yesterday really helped me tap into a part of me that I, I've tried to, like, I've literally sat there. I got the calm app before, like I tried to, like really hard being in a tranquil place and I could never actually get there. Cause there was just so much going on up here. Mm-hmm. And I got there yesterday, but like, it was, I think for me, just knowing I can do it then helps me. Like I can slow life down. I have the ability and the power mm-hmm. to do it. It's just now knowing like how, like I've been, you know, given the time and the the chance to practice and do it. So I agree. Jess, thank you for taking the time and all this craziness for, for sharing that story. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I think he's going to find me now. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I, a part of me wonders if I just imagined it. I think I thought I did until I met him and I was like, oh, you're real. <laughs> like I thought I was just so was bored that I was like, I'm going to imagine a naked, beautiful man. There he is. Like, hello, naked, beautiful man. Uh, I cannot <laughs> wait until he reaches out because he's going to reach out. No. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> yes. This, this podcast brings people together, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Be well. Give those kids right. a big hug for us. Thank you, guys. And Adam Thank as well. Us. Love you guys. Love you Bye, too. Jess. Bye. And then after talking with Jess, we called our friend, my neighbor, Sue Inquist. Hi, Susie. <laughs> hi there. Hi. Hi, hi. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm actually doing pretty good. You know, I live here in San Clemente. I'm only a deep fly ball from you, Julie. Lynn, it's a little bit further. A little bit farther, yep. Yes, uh, but uh, things are good as, as they could be. And you guys know I live in the ocean and I work out of my house, so I'm one of the fortunate ones. We typically have our guests set the scene at the start of a podcast, and you just did that fantastically well. Boom. Thank you. So um, we would like to know... Your favorite funny story, Sue, that you can share. It does not need to be sports related. It can be life. It can be anything. But what is a story that will make me snort out loud? That's really what I'm looking for. Wow. That's a, uh, that's a, good, that's a good standard, uh, snorting. I don't know if it's snort uh, quality, but every time I think about it, there's actually two. One is a little more complicated because... I'd have to get out of my chair and demo because it's more of a physical story. Uh So maybe if we have time, we can do that one. I'm not real sure Um, because you're the producers, the directors. But one of my favorite stories was, um, as you know, I'm a public speaker. So I had a partner out of Chicago 
and it was probably one of my first big corporate gigs, like Fortune 100 company, senior executives coming in, a global summit, really intimate. They call up and the group that was filtering the speakers gave me this big lecture around the processes they go through to get speakers. And they spent about five minutes saying, you know, half of the committee was not comfortable uh, looking at you as a speaker because you're a softball coach. And the other half of the committee said, well, we need to kind of turn it up a notch and maybe throw people off and have somebody come from outside the industry. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. I've never really had someone like make me feel like I'm trying out. Right. And it was just a phone call. And so I had to, I got to set the scene because I'm going into this gig knowing half the people that were in charge aren't into the idea of a sports person coming in to talk about competitive greatness, organizational excellence. Right. And the other half, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're into it. So I'm like, perfect. So get there the night before I'm like all organized. I got it all laid out. Normally I'm not spending that kind of time getting that organized. And, and you're, you know, people should know you speak a lot. Like you do. Yeah, I speak a lot. I kind of, that's my deal, right? I, <laughs> I've lived a world where I, I was a part of a program that was a doormat. We built it into a perennial national champion and we sustained it over decades. And there was just some great systems that we used. And I'm really proud of being able to deliver that, right? But this one had a little edge to it, right? Like I wasn't feeling like I was that welcome. I was like, I still felt like I was trying out. And I thought, well, when I get there, I'm just going to just, you know, Papa Wooden used to always say, you know, when you're, when you feel the heat, always land on your anchors. So when, when it's mm-hmm. super extreme one way or another, just always land on your anchors, you know, know, who, know who you are, know what you stand for. And, and Papa Wooden, for those who might not know at home. Oh, Papa Wooden was uh, one of our sports greatest thought leaders, uh, UCLA's winningest basketball coach, basketball's most winningest basketball coach, a dear mentor of mine, and somebody that just made me go to another level. Coach Wooden is, if you don't know Coach Wooden in the Pyramid of Success, it's a great system to introduce to your children, to your players, to your Mm -hmm. colleagues. So Mm -hmm. it's like a win-win-win for everybody. So here we are, we're back. It's the morning of the presentation, global summit for these executives. So I get ready, I'm dressed, I'm in the mirror, I'm looking good. Last thing that goes on, as you know, last thing that goes on, got to throw on the heels because I brought my power heels. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes, right? Because I've got my Seriously, you go to the heels as your power source. I am into power heels. A Fortune 100 company, I'm like, bring it. I know how to dress like you. Don't think I'm sitting in there with my tennis shoes on. I'm a professional. Come on. Uh, So good. I look down in the suitcase and there is a stiletto boot and there's a chunky square heel boot. (laughs) And I'm not talking subtle. I mean, one is like this and the other one is like full chunky heel, like chunky. And And I know our listeners have been there, just that cold flush that goes through your body, you, you naturally go, because if you've competed over time, you just naturally go into plan B and you exhale. 
I did not have a plan B because it was 7.10 in the morning. I have to be down there at 7.30. So I started going extreme. I'm like, why go down to the front desk? Because I I don't know. I'm my mother's daughter. I don't know a stranger. Do I go down the front desk and find somebody that looks my size and just go, listen, I'm going to trade you a stiletto and a chunk for two of your low chunky heels. Like I'm in. Do I go down there? I'm like, do that. I bump into the person that wasn't into the softball coach that's preparing for this event. So I'm like, just think, Sue, just think, just, just think, I'm just think I can feel myself on the edge of the bed. And I'm, I'm like, you're rocking. Stop rocking. That's super weird. (laughs) And then I just had this idea that I, you know, I, I was talking about the ironically, the topic was mastering the little things for sustained performance. Right. So I have a whole (laughs) outline around mastering the little things. So I'm like, I'm going to switch some of that and not talk about A, B, and C, but I'm going to march in there and either go in there and say, you guys are all it. You know how to master all the little things, but did you really pay attention to when I walk in? And so I'm like, I'm going with that story, right? And it was like, that is smart. You're weaving the two I'm different with, pairs of shoes into your speech. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, brilliant. Picture me when I walk in. Because <laughs> I have like the stiletto and I've got chunky monkey. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like that doesn't work. She's, she's showing she's herself hobbling right now. Yeah, right? And, and so I, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I can't do the wobble. I've got to just have one always in the air. Oh, so I'm smooth, whoa. right? So, oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to be all buttoned up and they're going to be dry. And these are multimillionaire, they're managing the world. So I'm walking down the hall and all of a sudden I can hear like just big belly laughs coming out of this room. And I'm thinking, God, I wish I was, go- I was in that room, right? Obviously some sort of after wedding brunch or something happening. And I look and it's the company that I'm supposed to speak to. Huh. I march in there. Here is a room full of people and they're, they're cheering with mimosas. It's like 7.45 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to work. This is going to be working because they're, they're sloshed and they're not even going to notice my shoes. <laughs> Long story short, I get up there give this feel. And then I say, one of the most important things we can learn as we get older, many times we're surrounded by people that are less experienced than we are. So in general, when you've mastered your craft, a lot of people turn to you and you have a tendency to be on autopilot a lot of times. And I said, today, I want you to think about reigniting curiosity and reigniting awareness. Because as you get older, you have to work harder at that. And Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to give you an example. When I walked in today, did anybody notice anything different about me? And of course it's silent, right? And, and I'm laughing because they all have their like little mimosa, the little mimosas on their little desk. It's like, God, I love this company. Right. Exactly. And, and it's a, 
huge company. And no one says anything. I said, well, I want this visual to be a reminder that (laughs) every time we're in a learning environment or a teaching environment to build and increase our awareness. Because actually, I'm a big fat loser. And (laughs) when I packed last night to come here, I packed a chunky and a stiletto heel, which I have on right now. So I just like did a high kick, right? High kick with the chunky, high kick with the stilettos. And you had, the, you had like long flowing pants on. Yes. I had a boot okay. leg, I had a bootleg on, right? right. So I had okay. pants on. So I, and I was in a podium in front of a, behind a podium. Mm-hmm. So I just did a high kick left stiletto, <laughs> high kick, right? Chunk. <laughs> chunky, chunky heel, stiletto. Chunky, right? And then I started doing that, right? And they're like, stiletto, chunky, stiletto, chunky. I like, I'm like, oh my God, this is getting out of control. I got to, I got to reel these people back in, right? But, no, don't. Oh my gosh. It was one of the craziest. Uh, I think what was crazy mainly for me was the pretense of getting in there and how uncomfortable yeah. it made me feel like, you know, I needed to show my PhD or something that I had something of value to these high rollers. And then I walk in and they're like the mimosa monsters, right? So I mean, it's crazy. Oh, that's so good. Right? Oh, that just brought a little tear to my eye, actually. Yeah. I'm wiping away. Oh. And so what will happen? I hope this story, like now, anybody that is looking in their closet and they're seeing all their heels, they're going to see Chunky and Stiletto. And hopefully they sing the Chunky, Stiletto, <laughs> Chunky, Stiletto. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Dr. Colleen Hacker taught us another song, which sounds sounds like exactly what you did, which is you have to go adjust and adapt, adjust and adapt, and you have to do a dance move with it. Adjust oh, and adapt. Adjust I like and it. Adapt. I like it. I think I like I've been saying it. that at least once a day since we did the episode with with Colleen. But that's what that, you did. That's that was you, Sue. Ooh, I tell you, crazy. And you know what I love too? It wasn't. Um, <laughs> Because I think a lot of us, I mean, I know timing was an issue and you didn't have time, but we would have scrambled to sort it, right? To make it look normal. We would have scrambled to get the two same shoes. You would have gone to the front desk and asked like, who, anyone, please find me size eight. Exactly. <laughs> Even if it has to be, you know, hiking boots, I don't care as long as they're the same. I know. But you, you owned it and you pushed it into your speech and made it part of your speech. That is brilliant. Well, and I said to myself, I'm probably never going to be with these people again. So you mm-hmm. get a sense of courage because mm-hmm. you're going to dip in and dip out. Right. And it ended oh, up. You didn't just dip relationship. in. They remember old chunky stiletto now. Yes, for sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it gives the whole softball industry a new reputation. Right. <laughs> crazy. Oh, thank you for that. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Crazy. Just crazy. Um, what is your second story? Oh, my second story. It's, it's a longer story. How are you doing on time? Oh, let's Lynn. do it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. And we can, always, we can always edit it. This is, this two. is a, what? <laughs> for right. you, I have all the time in the world. I got oh. time for you, Sue and Quest. Nice. I don't know if my bladder does sometimes, yeah. but I have all the time in the world for you, Sue. This story, um, it's a really visual story. So it, it would be very difficult to explain just over audio but I'll I'll do my best. Uh, This story to set up the scene is back in the day when I was coaching. And I don't know if it's the funniest story or the most embarrassing moment. I think they kind of collide. 
<laughs> Bottom line, there was a phase when I was coaching where University of Washington was, and I have no problem saying Washington because we have such tremendous respect for them and they have got a wonderful program. And um, it was, I don't even remember the year, but the game was on the line. It was super, super critical game, Pac-10 on the line. And let me give you the situation. So I'm at third base. I know a lot of people don't know softball, but it's very similar to baseball. The third base coach is down by the third base line. And so we're about 60 feet away from the umpire and the batter. And super critical. We got runners in scoring position. There are two outs. And uh, this kid, we got this super great rise ball thrower. Rise ball thrower, I mean, the, the ball goes up, up in the chest, neck. It rises. Here. It rises, right? And normally dugouts, the dugout is to your right. The visitor, uh, the home dugout's to your right. And normally they're about, oh, I'm going to say 20, 20 feet away or so, 25 feet away, at maybe more like 20. And at Washington, and there's usually a, a little bit of a fence that protects the people in the dugout, right? There's a fence right there to cover the opening of the dugout. But at Washington, it's very unique. You're very close to them. So it's more like you're 12 to 15 feet. Oh, I could reach out and almost touch the people in the dugout, mm. right? I can, hear, I can hear everything that they're saying in the dugout. So they're right there. You could almost touch them, right? So, and they have no fence. So my kid swings at this rise ball and it goes straight up in the air, but it's spinning and it's tailing towards me and the dugout. And, but it's in no man's land. So I'm kind of creeping up to watch it and I'm looking. And now remember, I can see the home dugouts right there. So I cut into like 10 feet. Now I'm like literally three or four feet from them. If I reach my hand out, I could actually touch them. The catcher is running right at me and going to go for the ball. You can tell, you can tell she's not going to be able to stay on her feet, that she is going to have to dive. So it's almost like she's diving towards me and I'm right there too. And the dugout's right there. And the umpire is right behind her. So it's like the umpire is right behind her running towards me. And remember, I'm right by the third baseman, right? So the third baseman's right here. I'm right here. So you have these groups, the catcher. <laughs> I told you it was a long story. The catcher, and the, the catcher and the umpire are both running towards the dugout. The third base coach, who should be minding her own business <laughs> and watching, is also getting sucked in to see if she's going to catch it. And also remember the third baseman is behind me running in too because she oh, might yeah. think she can catch it. So here we all go. <laughs> <laughs> We're going. The catcher dives, lays it out completely. Her body is halfway in the dugout. Remember, there's no fence. Oh my so gosh. She slides right into the dugout. <gasps> Whoa. The ball comes down. I see the ball coming down. It's coming down. I take my eyes off the ball and I see her slide <laughs> and catch the ball. I turn to look at the umpire and I'm like, he's going to call no ball. He's going to call out of bounds. 
and he calls, she's out. (laughs) She's in the dugout. (laughs) The girl was halfway in the dugout with the catch. He goes, she's out. I start running up to the umpire and I'm getting closer. And as I'm getting closer, I'm realizing, wow, I can't believe how tall he is. He was like six, two. And I'm looking up at him. I'm like, she caught the ball in the dugout. She slid in the dugout. Half of her body was in the dugout. And he's letting me go, letting me go, letting me go. And I can hear all the girls laughing in the dugout. Like I can hear them laughing. And I know they're laughing because he's calling out. And I'm like, I don't care. I know I'm right. Because she was in the dugout. And I'm like, those kids don't even know the rules. And I, and it's turned into a spitter. I'm like spitting at him. Like <laughs> I have not come up for air. I'm like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you called that. And he's like, coach, turn around. <laughs> the third baseman caught it. The third baseman was behind me. So I'm running in to see, and the third baseman was behind me and caught it up here. Catcher thought she was going to catch it, and she closed her glove like this. Guys, the third baseman caught the ball right behind me. So I turn around. I turn around, and the girl's like. Holding the ball. ball. Yes. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, hi, idiot. I have the ball. Thank you. That was a fun show you just put on. And I'm looking out. The girls are in the dugout. They're like bent over on their knees on all fours. They're on all fours laughing, belly laugh like no tomorrow. So I just cemented my legacy with the University of Washington that day. Oh, I hope you still hear about that from them. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I just I don't know. I'm sure it's just talked about, you know, in the in the U dub circles. <laughs> Can you the, believe that? Did the catcher say anything while you were making this argument? No, because the catcher was like kind of getting like she just slid for like six feet trying to catch it, right? Uh. <laughs> and what's the moral of the story? Don't ever take your eye off the ball, coach. Oh. <laughs> And don't get in the way of Papa Highs. You like, going to the ball. What are you doing in there, Sue? Get out <laughs> of the middle of the play. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, oh, so good. That's good stuff. So what um, did you do after? Did you just kind of... Go back to the third base box. I couldn't, I couldn't, because I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that like, oh, I'm not an idiot. I'm just going to go back and be like tough coach. I turned to their dugout and I'm like, I put both hands up and I'm like, hey, that's totally my bad. And then that made them laugh even more (laughs) because we kind of hated each other, right? Like they're like, oh my gosh. And then she turns and she says, my bad. You owned it. That's uh, yeah. I gotta own it. You gotta own it. You just got my bad. Two outs and move on. <laughs> Don't get stuck. Listen, in the- kids. You could have given them the lesson right there. Never yeah. take your eye off. Oh, oh. oh exactly. Oh, I wanted God. to crawl under the third base bag. Is what I want. <laughs> and thank you guys. Thank goodness. Thank goodness I coached at a time when there was no social media. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, yeah. Right. So those are my, those are some thoughts. Uh, that's good. Of the Thank you. Of craziness. Thank you for sharing those, Sue. Our, our final question to you is, 
uh, during all these crazy times, what is something you have a new appreciation for? We would like to know. Ah, oh, that's a good one. I have a greater appreciation for hugging mm-hmm. because so many people out there can't hug some of their loved ones and mm-hmm. hearing so much about social distancing, I think I have a new appreciation for just hugging and I can't wait for everybody to just be able to hug again, had the big, big kind of hugs, right? You know, the rib crushing, lift your feet off the ground kind of hugs. <laughs> I can say that's one of my favorite things about being friends with you, Sue, is to get a yes. Sue squeeze. I call them a yes. Sue squeeze. Just mm-hmm. get yes. Right? Got to yeah. get those real yeah. ones, right? Like not the A-frame. Mm-hmm. I don't want the A-frame. No. I don't want to hug your shoulders. I want like a big body hug, lift your feet off the ground. <laughs> Where you sh- you're still feeling it the next day. You can still feel, <laughs> feel the power of the hug. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I can't wait to get a Sue squeeze as well. Yes. Soon enough. We'll get it. We'll get it done and we'll get through it. And you just have to, you know, I think the greatest thing we learned is you know, Mama E, when I lived with Mama E before she passed away, the first thing that she would say in the morning when we would have coffee together, it, and you know, when I lived with her last eight years of her life, um, she, she um, used to say when we would wake up, she was, she was in her mid-80s. And Mama E's your mom. Mama E's my mom, and I, and I took care of her. She and my dad never spent a night alone, so when my dad passed away, I told her I would move in and take care of her, and my sister too. My sister came in and took care of Mama E, but she didn't mean anybody really. But the one thing I learned from her was the first thing she would say to me in the morning is, I get another. Mm-hmm. That's all she would say. And I think this whole you know, coronavirus has taught us to just be able to grab one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And, but I love being able to just say, I get another, cause there's a lot of gratitude that's infused in that statement. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Suze, we love you. Thank you for spreading joy, sharing some of those good laughs with us, my friend. Uh, it's great to be here. I love you guys back and uh, hang in there and stay safe and give all the family a big hug. All right. Give them a big squeeze for me. All right. Love you. Love you too, babe. Ah, I love those two so much. We hope you enjoyed this special episode. Lynn and I wanted to make sure you knew how much we love hearing from you on social media. So please keep hitting us up. And you can also leave a comment on our Apple podcast page and review the podcast there as well. And spread the good word about the podcast so we can keep doing episodes and more importantly, share as many laughs as possible. We love you, our dope village. Hunt joy, spread joy, stay safe. We're in this together. And remember, kids, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter permitted. permitted. I get another.